And can somebody roll a sanity check, please? Does this have to do with what was just going on with us or the episode? You'll never know, <laughs> listener. Because we're a Riverdale recap podcast, and we are here to talk to you about Chapter 37, Fortune and Men's Eyes, by Michael Grassi, directed by Jeff Wulno. Wulnoff? It's got a GH in there. I'm honestly not sure. <sighs> Uh, the, the the full Dutch uh, will not. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. One of the above. In any <laughs> case, what happens in that there episode, dear? Well, the first new day of school yeah. for Archie Andrews. Well, for everyone but Archie Andrews. Well, he has his own schooling going that's on. That's right. Because he's in detention center. So many shows and movies have done the like... School is just like prison, but we're getting it the, the, the reverse. Yeah. Archie going to prison is just like the first day of school. You get butterflies in your stomach. But a thousand times worse as he's hosed down and as then... He strips outside, yes. is hosed down, has baby powder thrown on him, <laughs> and the warden checks his teeth. Like a horse. I the, the warden thing might be weird foreshadowing, actually, in hindsight. They don't still baby powder people, right? In jail? I will say I've never been to a potentially for-profit juvenile detention facility. I'm curious. In in this timeless uh, town out of history that is Riverdale, where it's yeah. definitely the present day, but everyone dresses like it's 30 years ago. That Where their outfits look like the Green Mile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so after uh, Archie goes through this process, uh, the warden wants to see him. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the warden's office, who's all like, Grumble, grumble, you got into a lot of trouble, you murdered a person. Oh, by the way, we have a nice music room that no one uses, and I hear you like music. He's He's got a whole carrot and stick thing going on. Be, be a nice boy and you'll get to touch a guitar. Uh, we also have schooling that if you're like... Do okay, you might get to go and read a book. <laughs> That's where that's going. I was like, you hold the music room hostage from teenagers who probably should, I don't know, have various educational classes happening right now. It keeps them occupied. It keeps their hands busy. Uh, I love the way this scene is, is framed, though, because uh, Archie and the warden both have very upright, neutral posture. But there is a physical, like, uh, uh, intimidation in the way they're framed. The back of Archie's head is to the frame, while the warden's nose is pushing right up to the edge of the screen. So he's, like, leaning over him without actually leaning over him. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, over at uh, Pops, the hot dad squad... <laughs> is having a meeting uh, mm -hmm, where, mm -hmm. you know, they're catching up that Archie's okay and they're going to, you know, get him out. Veronica's, of course, hearing all this and was just like, oh, well, yes, Archie Kins will be back for homecoming. They kind of agree about this. And I'm like, what are y'all <laughs> doing? Uh, did Veronica fire Pop Tate? I haven't seen him. I'm hoping Pop Tate just went on a nice vacation. She is the sole employee of herself. She's had to cut a lot of costs. I mean, someone has to be cooking, right? You'd think. Oh. I don't know. 
It's all hungry man microwave meals. <laughs> That's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not hungry man. Kids cuisine. <laughs> so they get the little like brownie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because yeah. they're like the hot dad squad, they have to eat like four of them. Because <laughs> those don't fill anyone up. Those don't no. even fill a child up. You can get like three spoonfuls of corn and a mm-hmm. one bite brownie. Yeah. No. 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 So over at the Cooper household, yes. uh, Betty is looking very disheveled. Yeah, yeah, she's had a rough time of it. It's the first time I think anyone in Riverdale is not glamorous or or at least like catalog model. She she very much has the um Anna just waking up and frozen and is all like, "I'm awake, I'm awake." Fall back asleep. Yeah, but like she's pale and gaunt and she got shadows. I was thinking more about her hair. Her hair was just a mess. Her hair's a mess, too. But yeah, she's she had a bad day. Find out, yeah, she had gone to the hospital, and they ran a bunch of tests, and they think it's just stress. And my prediction is true, or at least half true. We have the first half of my proposed double bluff. Betty has been convinced that uh, the the burning, flying babies was just a product of her diseased mind. She is talking to Polly about this and is like, but wait, are the babies okay? I saw you throw them into the fire. Daddy, we've been over this so many times. We were having some herbachi. Yeah. There were skewers of meat. I mean, yeah, she's being psyched out about it, but no, that's not the truth. That's not truly what happened. Later, she repeats it to Jughead as true. It won't be. Okay. It won't be true. I'm just saying. It won't be. She's been Those convinced Those babies of the truth. were levitating. We're on the same page. She's completely wrong that they were thrown into the fire. They weren't thrown in. They were just kind of dropped and then floated. Right. But now we're just quibbling semantics. Betty gets a phone call, which makes her leave. And she goes sees Jughead, who lets her know that Dilton is dead. Mm-hmm. He did indeed die. Uh, and Ben is just hanging on. Just barely. So so they're having a, a conversation about the Gargoyle King. Yeah, this, this looks Jughead, like some sort of ritual. And Jughead's explaining everything he saw. And he takes his beanie off and he's like, Betty, maybe we should investigate this. Like old times. They have the weirdest dates. And then they have a little smooch, and they're just so like, oh, yay, murder investigation. Imagine if the only time that you could could get to spend with your loved ones were, they required human sacrifice. Someone has to die in order for them to, to hang out. Darling, if that had to happen for me to see you. Why do you think we live in Chicago? It's fine. That's a bad joke. <laughs> Why can't they just have a normal date, like go to Taco Bell like other teenagers? <laughs> or excuse me, nowadays it'd be Chipotle, because uh, they apparently got the money for that. Uh, I'm sorry, this is Riverdale, it's Poblano. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the money for any Chipotle back when we were teenagers. You had to get stuff off the dollar menu. <laughs> Maybe splurge for that $3 quesadilla. Hell yes. And a Baja Mountain Dew. <laughs> Betty's like, well, this will be great. We'll investigate. And I'm going to, you know, go call up the coroner's office and see if we can get in. Oh, this is going to be so romantic. I, I guess she inherited the phone number from her mother. Well, she had, like, posed. That's like, right. That's, she, had, she did. She's like, oh, yes, my mother sent me here. That's right. But just don't tell her. 
So meanwhile, back at jail, Archie is bunking with a dude called Mad Dog. The only person with bigger abs than Archie Andrews. I wonder if he knows Moondoggy. Moon or Big Kahuna. Why would he know these fictional dead surfers? It's just the name like goes together. I thought you were going to say the character on Arrow with the exact same name. No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> but in the scene, I notice shortly before Mad Dog does that Archie seems to have prison issue Adidas. He's got some pretty fly shoes when all of his other personal effects were taken, and that is yeah. not how it works. I'm like, why you got those shoes, boy? <laughs> no one else has those shoes, and they made you wear this these gray sweatpants. Yeah. I don't, I don't, that's a weird thing. He does look like a mid-80s breakdancer with a gray sweatsuit and black and white Adidas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, during this, uh, Archie tries to introduce himself to his his roommate, who just ignores the hell out of him mm-hmm. while doing, like, pull-ups. Doing and- a, he's constantly exercising. Every time we see Mad Dog, he's exercising, but he has an old-fashioned uh, TV he has pinup babes on his wall. He's got a stack of books. He's like Al Capone. Yeah, whatever Mad Dog's doing, it seems pretty sweet. Meanwhile, back at school, Veronica's like, hey, Mr. Weatherby, I just want to let you know, I am going to take Archie's place as president because apparently I have the right to say I'm going to do that. And he's <laughs> like, no, uh, someone else has already petitioned. Mm-hmm. You need a putt. You need to have one. You can't just say. Do you though? I don't. I don't. Apparently, know. Uh, and we find out that Cheryl has uh, jumped into being the student body president. Mm-hmm. A possibility, I guess. And we can't just be looking at hot dudes' abs as as they uh, do pull-ups. No, no. We must go to the locker room for a nice chat with girls in bras. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, Josie's. Leopard print. <laughs> it's a theme. Her mother picked it out. All the time. Does she have anything that's not? Uh, she has things that are black. Uh, so in the locker room, they have a big exchange about, who, oh, no, I should be president. No, I should be president. Why do you think Archie needs to be president? <laughs> I need this for my cal- college applications more than Archie does. I'm like, right now, Archie... They're saying he murdered someone, so I think he needs all the help he can get. But that's the perfect admissions essay. Like, you don't need any... Let me uh, talk about how I grew after I murdered someone. Who I killed on my summer vacation by Archie Andrews. But Cheryl's got so much more going for her. She can talk about her dead twin, her her dead father, her, her secret evil uncle, uncle, how her mother betrayed her, and how, how she has formed a relationship with her Nana. Yeah, how she emancipated herself to like tend garden with Nana. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Cheryl's a shoein'. She's also a legacy. So there you go. Yeah. I'm just so glad that student councils don't actually do anything, so I do not have to care about this one bit. Yeah, it's like whatever. Does it matter? No, no, not no. A bit. you just get to decide what the theme is for prom. <laughs> no one cares. I got an idea in the jailhouse. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at jail, uh, <laughs> Archie walks out onto the field and flashes his serpent tattoo at the serpents. And uh, then you know who appears? Guess who appears? Joaquin appears. 
I said it. I don't remember if it got said like while we were recording or after, but I know last week I said, you know what's going to happen? Joaquin's going to be there. Yeah. Because you were weird. I remember we had a conversation with his about huge swoopy hair, like serpents. He was going to like, you know, mm-hmm, interact mm-hmm. with because we were talking about the tattoo. And I was like, Joaquin will be there. He'll be there. And guess what? He's there. And because Joaquin is there, because one of the serpents in this prison has personal history with Archie Andrews, they do not accept him. They know he's just some all-American poser boy. Apparently, Joaquin got nabbed on riot night after he came back into town to to protect Fangs. Yeah. Unsuccessfully. Joaquin is like, well, we got to test your loyalty because you can't just become a serpent. Mm -hmm. Even if FP gave you that tattoo. So you got to go shank that ghoulie over there. (laughs) He's like, what? No, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't need your protection that bad. It's the first half of the episode. I'm not going to stab anyone. Come back in 30 minutes. (laughs) Archie, you might have done something right, but also wrong, because now you're going to die. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always like, Joaquin, what's going on? Joaquin got hardcore when he went on the inside. Maybe it's because no one was there for him. He came back, tried to help out. No one came to his rescue. Oh, Joaquin. Betty and Jack had to go to the coroner's office where we find out that the former coroner has died. Has died. Dr. Curdle is no more. It is now his son, Dr. Curdle Jr. Who is the creepiest motherfucker. He inherited a lot of genes from his dad. Of course, he's like, why, yes, give me money and I will show you this body. Here, look at all these things carved into his back. Uh, Take all the pictures you want. It's fine. Oh, and there was a lot of cyanide in his blood. But why? He had blue lips. There were blue lips. Why Mm -hmm. were there blue lips? Well, here's what happened. The cyanide was mixed with a sugary drink like Fresh Aid, Mm -hmm. which I think sounds more like cleaning solution that would kill you laxative yeah yeah i'm not sure why it comes in blueberry flavor but that would be poison yes yeah that's how they drank the cyanide mr creepy coroner dudes all like i i think we're looking at true the true face of evil the true face of evil is a back not a face yeah that's how they keep you guessing jughead takes a lot of photos Mm -hmm. of dilton's dead body and then goes develop them in a dark room that I don't know where it exists. I guess the school? I, think I it's have the, no idea. the blue and gold dark room. Why not? But suddenly there's a dark room and Jughead knows how to develop his own film. Sure. If anybody does, Jughead does. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, at jail, uh, Archie <laughs> is in the music room, really like getting into some uh, finger picking on that guitar. Yeah, he's finger banging away. <laughs> Uh, it's been a whole season since he played guitar, and clearly he's missed it. <laughs> but then he gets, and uh, after all this time, I'm finally saying this for the first time on the show, go back and listen, trust me. He gets grabbed by the ghoulies. The, those ghoulies come in, and they're like, hey, you don't remember us, do you? We were the dudes at the drag race when you called the cops, uh, and we want your shoes. And so they grab him, take his shoes, and beat every inch of his body except his face. Mm-hmm. Because that's more time in the makeup trailer. They don't want to. They don't want to deal with that. Uh, so then Veronica's visiting him, and she's like, "Why are you sitting weird?" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm sore from from working out. Where are your shoes? Oh, the warden took them. 
That doesn't make any sense. Yes, actually it makes complete sense because he had shoes with shoelaces and typically they do not let anyone have shoelaces because you can kill yourself with that. Or others. Or others. You can make that into a weapon so you get slip-on shoes. Mm -hmm. It actually makes a lot of sense, Veronica. Have you never watched anything before? (laughs) Don't know why Archie was allowed to have those shoes. It's going to bug me. But yeah, obviously his butt hurts. That's why he's sitting weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they literally kicked his ass. <laughs> kicked his ass. So good. Betty, meanwhile, uh, calls the hospital, mm-hmm. and we find out that Benjamin Button. Yeah, they finally give Ben a last name, and it's Button. What the fuck are you doing? Ben Button. That's taken. You is, can't do that. He's doing better. He's out of the ICU. Yeah. And uh, she asks about visiting hours. Yep. This new girl comes in. And we find out her name is Evelyn. Evelyn Evernever, daughter of Edgar Evernever. And she is not the pheasant plucker. She's the pheasant plucker's son. She's only plucking pheasants till the pheasant plucker comes. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so she's like, oh, I just wanted to say hi since we didn't really get to meet the other day. And don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone about what happened. But he's all like, what's going on? Evelyn was at the barbecue mm-hmm. of the babies um <laughs> the baby cue <laughs> the baby cue uh and saw betty seizure so yeah she's like doing some i don't know like high school popularity backstabbing medical blackmail yeah that's so low stakes lady get with the program you you should probably listen to sex archie then you'll know what actually does anything in this school yeah so meanwhile, in the hallway, uh, Kevin just, like, runs up and lays one on Moose. Mm-hmm. And Moose is like, no, not right now. My dad's here. Which just crushes poor Kevin's little soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kevin also tries to, like, invite him to the boiler room for a while. And so there's a clear implication in this scene that these two have had sex together. Uh, fooled around a lot. And we know for certain they've had sex with others. Yes. What does the virginity pact even mean? I think, I, I feel like before that meant to what have sex with that each other? I think they already have. I don't know. But we, we do clarify their relationship more. They have been publicly together, out-ish together all summer. And mm-hmm. Kevin wants to continue that. And Moose is no, 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 no. Especially now that his dad has a position in school. Yes, with the RROTC. Riverdale Reserve Officer Training Corps? As, I guess. As distinct from the Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps? I, I suppose. The Remedial Reserve? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that extra R is. It, it's so you can say it like Tony the Tiger. Yeah. Rotsy. So we find out that Moose is signing up because his dad's making him mm-hmm. and he's got to go, which just leaves Kevin there. Like, what? What? I just want to smooch a boy. Uh, so over at Pops, Cheryl shows up and Veronica's all like, no, no, no. I own this place. You're not allowed here kicking you out. Cheryl not only shows up, she has her her silent entourage back. Her paparazzi. I, 
I missed the the crew. Yeah. Nearly nameless vixens. Yeah. So then Cheryl dismisses them mm-hmm. because she needs to talk to Veronica. I'm sorry, the grown-ups are talking. And Veronica goes off about how she she made a promise to Archie that everything would be waiting for him perfectly upon his return, and Cheryl's ruining that. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's like, no. Have you tried springing him instead of just messing around in high school? Just a thought. Oh. Also, there's this thing called the Innocence Project, and you should really look into it. I looked into it when I was on trial for JJ's murder, <laughs> which I'm like, I don't think it was that dramatic, girl, but She sure. was suspected. She was the first arrest. Yeah, but she... Very dramatic here. And, you know, it's, so, it's something that helps people in such cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, okay, later, I'm going to TGI Thursdays. Who says? Who in the world? Says, thank God it's Thursday. Why not TGI Saturdays? Really big fans of Friends, I guess? TGI Saturdays would have been a much better place. (laughs) TGI Thursdays. This cannot exist in Riverdale. She has to go to Greendale for this. (laughs) It will take her till Thursday to get there. That's why we got the name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So meanwhile, Jughead and Betty go see Benjamin Button. Sorry, he goes by Ben. Ben Button. Uh, His mom's there. And through this scene, we get confirmation that every appearance of this actor is indeed... Is the same! Is indeed meant to be one character. Because she's all like, well, how do you know him? Well, he he used to, you know, work at the drive-in and from the Bijou and school... Later, uh, the the mom talks about how hard things have been, including when his piano teacher was strangled. So it's all him, as we thought. (laughs) The unluckiest boy. And things just got really weird, apparently, for him after he started hanging out with Dilton. That Dilton boy. And then Jughead finds this thing hanging from the door. It's like two small sticks lashed together. Like the Blair Witch little figure dude got hit by a car and hardly anything was left. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And the girl with the bow brought it. Ooh. Uh, But then the sheriff shows up. And throws them out because they're interfering with uh, an active murder investigation. But then the cop Mm -hmm. shows up and is like, hey, sheriff, there's a missing kid from Adventure Scouts. From Dilton's troop. (gasps) Wouldn't every Adventure Scout in this town be from Dilton's troop? Could have multiple. In a town this size. I mean, I don't know how Adventure Scouts work. (laughs) But like... I don't know. There could be multiple troops. There could be, but most of the kids are either in football or a biker gang. They don't have a lot of time. (laughs) There's not a large pool to draw from. Maybe they're really flexible with their scheduling and they understand that kids are pulled in a lot of directions nowadays. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They're evolving with the times. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Veronica goes to see her mom, the mayor, uh, who asks like, the magic question? Which no one ever asks, ever. Why aren't you in school? <laughs> I'm like, wow, she's going to be the best mayor ever. That's going to be her uh, platform for re-election, truancy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Veronica tells her about how she wants to start a chapter of the Innocence Project, because apparently it's a club you start. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, she's there as a citizen, not her daughter, and she needs an endorsement from the mayor to start this club about freeing people from crimes they didn't commit. I am very confused about this organization, and I really want to know, like, what type of scam are they? <laughs> yeah, it seems to not be an organization of, like, lawyers and policy experts and, and journalists and investigators. Here's a Wikipedia article to tell you how to get your boyfriend out of jail. But, yeah, more, I guess, high school kids who do bake sales, I guess. I don't know. And you have to raise money for dues. It's it's a... Uh, uh, Is there a uniform? It's the multi-level marketing scam of the Justice Department as presented in Riverdale. You know what it is? You know what it is? The, this whole thing mm -hmm. and the Adventure Scouts and Dilton is the Innocence Project is a new, like, scout troop. And they're moving in on their turf. And that's why, like, things are happening. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, a, this is a turf war it's for after-school activities. Yes. Okay. Yep. So much for evolving and, and flexible scheduling. Well, they say line. their evolution was great. There's a line and it's been crossed. They'll allow the children to do other activities, but they won't allow another troop to take over. So back at school, Ethel is reading a book called Ship It, written by Britta London, which is a name you may recognize from the top of some of these very episodes. Yeah. She is a Riverdale writer. Is, is Ship It about shipping people? It is. It is a novel about a fan of a show who, like, uh, gets up at, like, a, a convention-style panel and asks about the obvious, like, romantic tension between these two male characters on the show, and the actor who portrays one of them laughs in her face. Oh. And it becomes this big thing, but then they hire this person to be, like, a, a consultant, and they tour together, and things develop, and it's a... Check it out. It's a good book. Okay. Jughead and Betty find her. Mm-hmm. And they ask her about the sticks because she has some of the <laughs> sticks with her. And the, the sticks are not the Gargoyle King. The sticks no. are the opposite. They are a protective talisman. Yes. And, and she did put it there because she wanted to protect her boyfriend, Ben Button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, what are you talking about? We've never We've seen you guys never together. never seen you with him or any other boy. No, we started dating this summer, and you didn't see us because we spent all our time in the bunker. Totally normal thing to say. Absolutely above board. I'm sorry, you wouldn't know him. He doesn't go to this school. He goes to a bunker. Dilton Doily has a secret bunker in the woods. Which is in the ongoing Riverdale comic. I, I mean, it was ongoing. It only ran for 12 issues, but that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Although, to continue the hazy canonicity of the comic jug had spent a night in it in that issue so okay. he shouldn't be surprised it exists it's sort of a gray area yeah so they of course want her to take them to the bunker yes or they'll take her to the police yes so she's like okay we'll go but we gotta go at night obviously we gotta go into the woods at night to see this bunker duh well the locks are solar powered you can't get in in the daytime yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so meanwhile, back at jail, uh, Archie is bruised, we find out, and his cellmate's all like, well, I tried to tell you about mm -hmm. your shoes, uh, and then asking, well, why didn't the serpents look out for you? I wouldn't stab a dude. It's not who I am. 
Well, it will be who you are. This place robs you of your humanity. Yeah, we get some real uh, scared straight jail wisdom from Mad Dog talking about how you it makes you an animal, so you have to be an animal to survive. Yeah. Make sure you don't get tapped, because it's not worth it. Whatever that means. And so, of course, Archie's like, well, what about you? You got all this stuff. Obviously, you're doing something good. Yeah. You won't say. <laughs> So back at the Coopers, Betty and Jughead walk in and are ambushed by Alice and FP. I start yelling at them about how they're snooping around Ben Button. Yeah. And they're being really dumb. And Alice is like, you're going to have another seizure, Betty. And Jughead's like, what? (laughs) So Jughead has this, wait, are are you not trusting me again about your your brain stuff? And that almost starts a fight and they get separated and everybody goes home to cool off. Yes. They don't let them talk. No. Uh, So meanwhile, back at jail, uh, Archie has visitors. It is Veronica and Reggie. Yeah. And they bring him some Riverdale school color shoes. He gets new, like, branded Adidas. And they catch up and there's a lot of football talk and we find out that, wow, the Bulldogs really need their star running back back. Since when is he a running back? He was a quarterback in the first season. And since when is he? Which was last football season. Good at this. I'm so confused. He was throwing and catching. Uh-huh. He was not running. He now, was... now he's running. Lord almighty. Uh, so Archie ends up getting this idea while talking yeah. to them. And he ends up putting those shoes on and walking out onto the jail field. And Joaquin's all I like, think you got I call it a prison yard, <laughs> just to be clear. Jail field. Jail field. All right. Joaquin's like, got a death wish. No, I got a wish to live. <laughs> I don't want to live like an animal. This is what we're going to do. Because if we weren't all here, we'd be going to school. We'd be joining clubs. We'd be playing football. And Southern Dude's like, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, like the one ghoulie that was going to beat him up. Like, oh, actually, I dropped out in the fourth grade so I could sell drugs to support my Nana. Well, we're going to have a football game, boys. We are men. Archie responds to him that like, oh, that sucks because you haven't felt the like the triumph and the camaraderie of high school football. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what sucks about having to sell drugs to pay for your grandmother's food and medication. That's the problem. The real tragedy. I think maybe he felt some triumph in keeping his Nana alive. (laughs) What the fuck? fuck are you talking about Archie like I do like to imagine that that caught Archie off guard like he was expecting this to go over well and that's just the first thing that came to his head like I don't have a good point but I need to say something please I'm sorry I just just let me get this out I apologize I would have liked like five more people to speak up with stories like that (laughs) like nah I've been homeless since I was seven when I was in school, the football team beat me with bars of soap. Uh, so he, he rallies the boys about football and that they're going to be men. And yeah. it's not going to be ghoulies versus serpents. It's going to be a fair game. Everybody's, both teams are going to be a mix of everybody in the prison yard. And if Mad Dog decides to agree with this, that he's got a point, they have to like work together on this football game and stop killing each other because that's what the warden wants. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> Archie's just trying to put together a football game, while I think Mad Dog is trying to, to like, unionize the inmates. Yes. Which would lead to better outcomes. Let's go with Mad Dog's plan. Yeah. You know, just just for the fun of it. Well, and then Archie's like, yeah, an MVP of the football game gets my shoes. <laughs> My girlfriend's loaded. I can have all the shoes. Shoes for miles. Why, if, why doesn't he just ask her to buy shoes for everyone? That'd be nice. Then they can all be equal with yeah. the shoes. Uh, and of course, the warden's watching all this. He's mm, very stern. Hard to read, that warden. Uh, meanwhile, back at the Cooper household, uh, Alice comes into Betty's room with a cup of something, and Betty is sure that it is some tea from the farm. I mean, it might be, but it is just chamomile tea. So calm down, Betty. I think. And so they have a little moment where she says, I just want you to be safe. She apologizes. And I'm sorry yeah. that, that she broke the news to Jughead because she thought Betty would have already told him. And as soon as Alice leaves and closes the door, Betty hops out out of bed. We see she is wearing her mystery pants. Yes. She throws on a sweater and jumps out the window. Uh, she and Jughead are walking through the woods, and they talk a bit about her seizure mm-hmm. and how she hallucinated and then was in the hospital. Just happened so fast, she didn't really know what to tell him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I, they're saying it's stress. Like, I just asked you to go on a murder adventure with me. This is <laughs> not good. And she's like, no, actually, this is the least stressful thing I can think of. This is incredibly normal. This is the most normal thing. And then, suddenly, there is noise in the woods. And suddenly, it is the Gargoyle King. We see this hulking figure in shadow. It looks to be nine feet tall, big wings made of, of gnarled tree branches. And then as their flashlights catch its face. Which is bloody. This, like, horse-shaped beak. Uh, just like, yeah, matted and clotting blood. Yes. It's great. It's so good. It's so good. So, of course, they run. Well, yeah, you would. (laughs) And then they're at Pops. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at drawings of the Gargoyle King. Talking about how they're lucky it doesn't run fast. (laughs) And trying to figure out, well, was it Ethel? Was it Ethel on stilts? It could have been. Ethel's not answering her phone. But let's look at Dilton's map like we should have to begin with. So they check the map and in the area where they were supposed to meet, where where that lines up on the map, there is this little symbol and they figure that's probably the bunker hatch. Yeah. So they go later. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, back at jail, Veronica is all like, I hope this football game is safe, Archie. Well, we don't have pads, so, like, no. Maybe and we should play rugby instead. Everyone has a homemade knife. <laughs> so lo- this can't go well. Knives, yes. Helmets, no. I don't like the odds, frankly. Veronica gets an idea during this, and she rushes back to the school to let Cheryl know that Cheryl can be president, but she needs her help. And we're going to find out what the help is later. Because we're at Pops. Yay. And Kevin's picking up some food, and he runs into Moose, who's all in his RR. His RRR. Yeah. And Moose kind of ignores him because, you know, he's he's with the dudes. He's with the boys. And Kevin just straight up asks him, are you ashamed of me? He's like, no, no, I'm just. I'm, I'm with the guys. With the guys. You know you know how it is when you're with, when you're with your, your boys. Grunch, grunch. Your military boys. 
Just don't ask me about it, and I won't have to tell you. Mm, with the boys. Grunt, grunt. But I should point out that Kevin is jacked this season. Oh, Kevin has been working those biceps. Casey Cott in the offseason has been hitting the gym. He he has some nice arms. I'm waiting for Kevin's first shirtless scene. Come on, Kevin. So yes, uh, meanwhile at jail, uh, Archie and Mad Dog have become great workout buddies, and they are doing push-ups and stuff off of various furniture Basically the beds, because that's all they have. Yeah, and, yeah. And, like, the toilet, I guess. Working up a sweat together. Mm-hmm. They, they connect, though, because they're talking, like, who are you, Mad Dog? Tell me your story of yeah. woe. <laughs> and, uh, mad Dog, sing me the song of your people. The song of Mad Dog's people is just jingle bells, but barking. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a dog. But he's not a dog. He's a person. <laughs> we find out that... One day, the warden told him that his family and his girlfriend were banned and could not come visit, and that was two years ago. And he's about to be transferred to big boy adult prison for 20 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mad Dog's like, you have, you can get out of this. Yeah. You can leave. You've still got a chance of being a person and having a life. Don't, don't let him get to you, Archie. Yeah. Betty and Jughead go to the bunker. It's right where they thought it was. Because of the map. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there's a bunch of those uh, stick things hanging it's, for protection. It's filthy with them. They're everywhere. There's a table that is filled with a whole lot of gaming stuff. Yeah. And all the graphic design is very 70s. Like, this is an early edition of Griffins and Gargoyles. Yes. There's which lots is of, a bad name. There's lots of cards. There's lots of figurines and coins. Lots of things that have this Gargoyle King design on it. No polyhedral dice. You would that think. saw. You would think, though. What, is, is it a coin flip based resolution mechanic? I, I mean, they talked a lot about flipping coins. Yeah, but that's just for the poison thing. Uh, maybe it's not just for the poison thing. And they, they realize that Dilton and Ben were in very deep. Mm-hmm. And then they see the sign that talks about drinking from the correct cup. Yeah, right next to a big old jug labeled cyanide. And it's good that you keep your cyanide clearly labeled. Yes. Uh, we find out, oh man, this was some type of challenge from the game. And then someone decides to look under the bed. And there is a really fucking scary person that kind of shrieks at them. <laughs> Commercial break, you know. Just goes like, hey, hey I'm a monster. Wee, wee. Like, what the fuck? Wee. It was more like, or hiss, did it hiss? It was kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Went, Ear. Hey, darling. What? <laughs> so then we find out that that was the missing scout. Been in the bunker this whole time. For some reason in that moment could be all like exorcist, but is now just a perfectly normal person in scouting gear with like shoe polish all over him. Yeah, he's Al Jolson. No, it's it's like olive camo paint. Yeah, it's just covered in a lot of dirt. Yeah, yeah. He's very dirty. He's a, he's a dirty boy. Uh, and he's acting under instructions to wait for Master Doily to return. <laughs> or they inform him that he's dead. But and that's impossible. No. 
And they find out that he was uh, his apprentice learning how to play the game so he could join. What is the business model of this game? If you need to apprentice under someone to learn how to play the game, no one's going to buy your game. You're going to go out of business, which, again, is a problem that D&D and role-playing games as a whole have. Uh, They're very bad at teaching people how to play them. We were also told that Princess Ethelene uh, <laughs> was just dating Sir Master Ben Button in the, in the game. game. It was not in real life, and she also warned him that two evil people would be coming. I like this kid. This kid is the only person they talk to, spoilers, I guess, who has any distinction between real life and the game. Yes. <laughs> And I appreciate there is someone to to help us navigate this. Back at jail, the football game's happening. Yay, football game. We're interrupted, though, because the cheerleaders show up. All them vixens. Well, not all of them. Like seven of them? Betty's not there. Tony's not there. It's it's a lot of them, I guess. So all, all the inmates are like... Oh, man. And they, like, rush the fence and start, like, shaking on it. Yeah, yeah. And Archie's just smirking. The the Vixens are doing a song and dance number to Jailhouse Rock because they have no originality uh, between them. Uh, While all of the the football boys are this writhing mass, like a horny rat king, shaking the fence to pieces. And then, my favorite part, they just leave. After the first chorus, it is they could not last more than fifty seconds. Their their attention is completely lost. They go play football, and then Veronica isn't even invested. She stops to go talk to her dad when he drives up while they're still singing. Yeah, so Dad shows up. (laughs) Uh, We find out that the warden is a friend of his and told him about the game. Uh, and that after today, uh, uh, friend and business associate. Oh, yes. So yes. I'm I'm thinking there's for profit a... prison right there. Yeah, yeah. But after today, Veronica won't be able to visit Archie, and she's all like, "Shut up, Dad! I gotta go cheer on my boyfriend of victory." My last solo is coming up. Cheryl has to breathe now. Oh, and right back into the song and dance <laughs> for the boys that aren't even watching because they're playing football, and they're going at each other hard. The football boys, I mean. Uh, And then Hiram nods at the warden, who nods at him, who then nods at the other police cop. The guards. guards, Prison guards. Prison guards. In the jail yard. (laughs) The jail field. They're like, riot! Stop the riot! And suddenly there's a whole lot of riot gear, and they're just wailing on all these football playing boys. Archie takes out three with real good shots to the jaw. Which I was like, when did Archie learn to fight like that? Riot night. Riot night. That was it. <laughs> he leveled up. But then Archie gets punched to the ground and wailed on a lot by oh, a lot of police sticks. A whole lot. And Hiram leaves after seeing this happen. He's satisfied. So then uh, Archie is thrown back into his jail cell. Cell 302. He has the same cell number as the episode number for this one. Oh. Uh-huh. And Mad Dog is gone along with all of Mad Dog's stuff. And the prison guard tells him that he died in the riot. The one you started. But Mad Dog Dog wasn't there. He didn't want to play the football. He didn't play the football. He wasn't a part of it. He wasn't even watching. Uh, So back at Pops, uh, Veronica 
is chatting with Cheryl about her how her father is obsessed. And she's so despondent that she won't even be able to visit Archie anymore. Because her name's on a list. And Cheryl's like, so get a different name. What? You can get a fake ID. Veronica lives in the land of plenty, where the drinking age seems to be mm, 14. So she's never had to think of it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Cheryl can get her hooked up because she got a fake ID when she went on her wonderful magical mystery tour with Tony this summer. From Reggie. From Reggie, of course. Mm -hmm. Like, where else would you get it? Betty and Jughead find Ethel, and they are ripping into her about what happened. And, and like I said earlier, she has no real-life game divide. Ben was her one true love. There is no distinction between her and Princess Etheline. Nope. <laughs> and they're like, well, why don't we go talk to the police? No, if we talk to the grown-ups, he's going to get angry. And they're, they're trying to press her on who he is while she's just talking about, well, look what happened to Dilton. And then her, her arm goes up. Into this claw. And she has a seizure. And she starts having a seizure too. And as she falls, who is that behind her? Evelyn. Evelyn Evernever. Does Evelyn Evernever have seizure powers? Is she a mutant? Maybe. Is she a dropout from Xavier's school for gifted youngsters? Maybe she's a demon. Ooh. So back at the jail, Archie has a visitor. And it's Veronica in a really, really terrible wig and like babushka. Uh, I'm sorry, that woman's name is Monica? I don't know where you're getting Veronica from. Monica is uh, with the Innocence Project of Riverdale that has apparently been founded in, like, a day. <laughs> Even though you need a letter from the mayor and, like, public support and fundraising. Well, the letter from the mayor helps. That lets you skip a few uh, uh, hoops. Yeah. Uh, so then back at school with the... Rossi. They're having a meeting, mm -hmm. and Kevin shows up in uniform and is all like, Hello, sir, I'd like to join. I hope it's not too late. Yeah, I hope it's not too late because I bought this hat and sweater and <laughs> pants and shoes. I really hope it's not too late. You can't return this stuff. And then he's like, Oh, Keller, your dad and I were in the artsy as well <laughs> when we were youngsters. Of course you can join. <laughs> Who seems very nervous about this. Yeah. Uh, and so back at the jail, the warden comes into Archie's cell and is like very serious. And Archie's all like, what'd you do to Mad Dog? And it's like, well, you know, he died. No, he didn't. He wasn't there. <laughs> uh, and so then Archie is told to save his anger because he will need it. He's going to need and that righteous has, anger. He has proved that he's got what it takes and that Archie is his new Mad Dog. Bum, bum, bum. He has been chosen. Uh, so, back in Riverdale, the meeting of the hot parents. <laughs> yes. This amazing scene. Like, Hermione, every Hiram, FP, Alice, Sheriff Keller, McCoy, Mama Blossom. All of the significant parents. So Hermione is leading this meeting, telling them about how, well, the scout has been found, and since he's been found, he might start talking. So what you guys need to know is that Dilton's dead, Ben is alive, and they might start talking about what they've seen. And people are starting to get dismissive. Fred's like, hey, you said we would never talk about this again. We made a pact made to a never pact. revisit that night. 
And like, no, it's happening again. And we have they to. They had blue lips. And that just there's a <gasps> ripple of effect through the room. We have to protect our children. All the children. <laughs> what D&D game did they get up to in their youth? Did they hide the Jumanji board? <laughs> they just had a really evocative DM. I wonder who ran that game. That's what I'm excited to know. FP. Yeah. That's my hope. <laughs> That'd be so fun. <gasps> Sheriff Keller. That's why it's like Kevin has a thing. Yeah, he inherited. He, he and his dad play together sometimes. He got the gaming gene from yeah. his dad. It would have been hilarious if like they made Fred dial Mary and like put her on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm coming back tonight. Let me get a red eye. <laughs> Uh, so while they're all freaking out about whatever they did in their youth in the woods, uh, over at the hospital, we find out that Ethel is resting and that they've got to figure out what's going on. This is Betty and Jughead. And so they go to check on Ben. And Ben is sitting, sitting in his in open, window. open windowsill. As the wind billows his hospital gown and like his IV tubes are still taped to his wrist. And he's all like, I'm going to go be with Dilton now. He was scared to ascend, but I'm not. We will be reunited in the kingdom. And, and they, then he, they try to talk him down by like appealing to, to Princess Etheline. No, she'll but be in the kingdom too. She'll she'll join us soon. The last thing he says is, it's okay, you'll fly too. And he falls out the freaking window and lands on a car. As as our uh mystery team rushes and looks down and and, and their hugs sh their shoulders wince as they hug the end of the that episode end of that episode fortune and men's what souls the fuck indeed i am so excited about hot parent rpg mischief yes yes i we, we've talked i just want i hope the flashback is, is about them there's supposed to be a flashback episode. Yes, please, in two episodes. Please tell me it's about what they were up to and it's all them playing this game. It seems to 100% be about And that. LARPing. I want them to LARP. I don't know if they will LARP. Okay, I want at least Alice to be in like a princess costume or something. <laughs> Have you seen the, the photos they've put up? I haven't. As... I have not okay. seen them. Lily as Alice has some costume choices. Yeah, oh, I, have, yes. I have not seen any of these pictures. It's from her serpent days, remember? That's true. Okay, so she's like leather princess. Yeah, leather princess is my favorite gender. So what do you think of this episode? I enjoyed it, even though it was weird. The jail stuff was weird. <laughs> There's a weird aesthetic happening. Yeah. That's combining a lot of things. I'm also like, have any of you been to a jail? <laughs> you would not have those shoes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm questioning the security level of this jail. If, I don't know, you got murderers, but at the same time, like, a cheerleading squad can get that close. There's usually multiple layers of fencing. Jail fields usually do have a, a double fence with a space in between, but... You know, funding you're, these you're days. You're not allowed to just drive up, <laughs> hang out. <laughs> Teens are the most powerful people in the world in this yeah, show. They yeah. can do whatever they want. That is clear. But I, I loved everything with the Gargoyle King. Yes. I loved everything with it. 
the sense of escalation, like the the show the whole way along has been, how can they top this? Oh my god! Oh my god! Whoa! They they keep getting bigger and grander and and more ridiculous. Yeah. And this new pseudo supernatural angle is really working for it. Well, it's it's so it's a, such a different route than what we've had. Yes. With other you know people dying and stuff, and now like this twist with the parents being involved, mm-hmm. it's so good, and it opens up so many things. Every season must have a new original sin that is coming home to roost. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I love that it's bringing these parents who are so divided. But yes, it's a very personal one. Like, imagine how different uh, the Black Hood would have been if the uh, uh, vigilante hangman's crew were the parents. Yeah. And not some friends of Nana Blossom. Yeah. This is a new season, and you know what that means? What? That means new segments. You didn't tell me about this ahead of time. What are we talking about? I didn't prepare. We're going to do something that... Not that I ever prepare. No, that's clear. (laughs) We're going to do something that I am provisionally calling, unless I come up with a better name later, the News Digest. (laughs) The News Digest. Yeah, there's room for improvement there. Darling, do you remember one Ross Butler? Yeah, he was... The original Reggie. Original Reggie, muscle Reggie, 13 reasons why, X Reggie. Like three more feet of height, Reggie. <laughs> He's in the news today. What did he do? Who's he dating? I do not Just... know who he's dating, but I do know who he is accused of conspiracy to murder. What? <laughs> what? So, back in June... What? Of 2016, which is just a few weeks after the pilot began filming. He was Reggie at the time of this alleged event. Uh-huh. He and uh, Britney Spears' ex-manager. Oh, manager. Okay. Sam Lutfi. Okay. Who's one of those people who's famous just for hanging around famous people. Okay. An investigator named Jan Yuchtman and a musician, Michael Schenk, all... Loaded up in a car and allegedly visited Isaiah Silva, the now ex-husband of Francis Bean Cobain, the daughter of Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain. Yeah. This event happened when the two of them had recently split. Their divorce is only earlier this year finalized. Uh Uh-huh. So, go back to June 2016 and the allegation follows. Ross Butler and co. broke into the house that the happy couple once shared. There, Silva says the men beat him up, stole his cell phone, and forced him into a car and drove away. All of this, he maintains, was an attempt to steal the guitar Kurt Cobain played on MTV Unplugged in 1993. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, If you were following their divorce, this was the one point of uh, uh, property that was the biggest dispute between the two and why the divorce took so long. I was not following the divorce, so thank you for telling me that. I did a lot of reading on the bus to prepare for this segment. What they hadn't counted on, the suit suggests, was was the fact that Silva wasn't alone. According to the suit, a visiting friend ran out of the house, called 911, and parked his own car in the street, blocking the only exit from the dead-end road. After police arrived, Silva says he was pressured into saying that the incident was simply a prank gone wrong. 
Now, th- that allegation came out a few months ago. How have I not heard about this till now? The reason it's breaking again is because of Ross Butler's response and a motion for dismissal. Butler's response is that he, he confirms that he and Lutfi were at the house on June 3rd, 2016, but they were there because they were worried about Cobain and Silva, who Butler says let them into the house. Th- this guy saying that we were there to kidnap and beat and probably kill him, he actually let us in, uh, says Butler, because they were not responding to the texts. Uh, Butler has asked for the lawsuit against him to be dismissed. Quote, I never entered into a conspiracy or otherwise agreed to commit any crime against Silva, read the documents. I never conspired with anyone else to murder or kidnap Silva or take possession of a guitar that Silva claims Ms. Cobain gave to him as a gift. In his lawsuit, Silva says he believes that Butler, Lutfi, and the other men intended to murder him and that had their plot been successful, they would have gone through with it. Were it not for the intervention of the LAPD, it is believed Silva would have been taken to a secondary crime scene and murdered on June 3rd, says Silva's lawsuit. Again, Butler denies the claims. What the hell? While Silva claims that uh, his ex-wife, Cobain, gave him the guitar as an engagement present, Courtney Love, the ex-mother-in-law, Uh, says that no such thing ever happened and that her daughter never intended for such an exchange. Apparently, Ross Butler and Courtney Love are besties and they met through uh, Lutfi. This is so bizarre. So the question I have to ask you, dear, is this weirder than Riverdale? Is, Is true life weirder than the show? Yes! It is! And like... My God! I was seeing this news pop up because so many headlines are talking about Riverdale star, blah, blah, blah. Because apparently that, that's a bigger headline grabber than 13 Reasons Why star, which is what he's actually on, you know. And has been on longer and is the reason he left Riverdale. Right. And it's only because Riverdale's just starting back up. But I think the real Riverdale connection, though, is the date of this incident. Whether it was them just coming on to, to check out their buddy or coming to kill and rob their buddy. My God. The, yeah, like, I don't know when filming uh, wrapped, but I know it started just a few weeks before on the pilot. So I'm guessing all the Riverdale, like, producers and everything are like, wow, we're really glad he left the show. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. This is good. Hey, Charles Milton, here, have more money. Please don't leave. (laughs) Maybe they're going to keep spies on him to make sure he doesn't attempt to go murder anyone. If you are planning to make friends with any 90s alternative rocker, you have to tell us. Do not hang out with Michael Stipe, and God help me if you go to a Pearl Jam show, (laughs) even without backstage passes. What the hell? That is so freaking bizarre. Because there's just so many levels of connection. <laughs> Los Angeles is an alien planet. That's all there is to say about it. So we- It's always so weird when you find out, like, what celebrities hang out with what other celebrities. And you're like, how? How did you become friends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to tie it into our wheelhouse yet again, uh, I would like to remind people that there is a hit 
from uh, one of the first albums from the Archies, Don't Touch My Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk predictions? Sure. You got a prediction for me? I think Dagwood and Juniper are going to contract measles because it is obvious the farm is 100% anti-vax. Oh, yeah. Like They're getting polio. I am definitely going with the parents' involvement being straight up Jumanji yeah. type shit where they like played a thing and things they. They called out the Gargoyle King, and they went and buried it in the woods, and then Dilton dug it up when he was, like, digging a poop hole while camping. That does explain why it has such, like, 70s production values. Yeah. Yeah. He found it buried mm-hmm. in the woods, digging a poop hole. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say that again? He found it digging in the woods. Mm, no. What was he digging? A poop hole. All right, thank you. He just wanted me to say poop hole again. I love it when you say poop hole. He, he read his book, How to Take a Shit in the Woods. He's a bear scout. How to Shit in the Woods is actually a real book, just so you all know. If you ever consider going, like, backpacking in the outcountry, it's a good book to read. I, I will raise you one. Whatever the parents need to do to fix this. Human sacrifice. Whether it is a ritual or whether it is some information, there's some vital part that only Betty's dad has. <gasps> yes! Oh, oh, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean where they need everyone's blood. <laughs> and he's the missing piece. They have to ooh, go ooh, ooh, ooh. to Shankshaw to get his cooperation. Okay, so like with Pirates where it was like coins, mm-hmm. they had to put all the coins back. They oh, all the- have a card. They each still have a card, and they got to find their missing card, and then they each got to give their blood, and so that's why they got to go to him is to find out, well, where's your card, and we need your blood, but he's going to be like, no, I'm not giving it to you. And he's going to have, like, one last test for Betty, maybe. So they're going to have to try to get him out of jail, Mm -hmm. so that way he can, like, drip his blood onto the deck of cards. I'm just saying that this points to... Hal Cooper not being entirely out of the picture. Yeah, he's totally come back. Yeah, he's like when Jason Statham joins the team in Fate of the Furious. Yeah. 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 Which was a mistake. It should have been the other Shaw brother. I've gone on at length about this before, if you're curious. (laughs) Ethel is going to have a complete nervous breakdown when she finds out that Ben jumped out a window. She does seem really devoted to him. In a very pathetic way. Pitiable is, is the better word. Yeah. Yeah. She. This is going to wreck her. Mm-hmm. What if she starts walking around town as Princess Ethel... Ethelene? Yeah. Uh, Princess Polyethylene, the plastic bag queen. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> she'll make, like, a princess veil out of it, but then it'll keep flying in front of her face and she'll almost suffocate. She's going <laughs> to... Like when the wind comes, that's deadly. Yeah, she's. It's gonna be one last Twin Peaks reference. She's gonna look like Laura Palmer, all wrapped up oh! on the. <laughs> that shouldn't be funny. We shouldn't be laughing about it, but no. No, Laura Palmers were harmed in the production of this podcast. Fuck. Uh, Doctor Curdle Junior is just Doctor Curdle, but he invented a magic youth potion. <gasps> 
Ooh. Yeah, that's why they look so much alike. <laughs> and why this teenager is uh, uh, accredited for this job. He is actually like a v- vampire or something. Yeah. He's like eating brains. Ooh. And it's making him young. No, he's doing he's like... He's a Winifred Sanderson. He's got like that, that Peter Thiel blood drinking thing. Yeah. 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 Pretty soon he will be doing like... He'll, he'll look like Dagwood. Yeah. Be like, yes, bring me my money and I will drink my bottle of milk. <laughs> it's going to be really hard for him to slice corpses open, though, when he's under 40 inches tall. Lots of stepladders. How's he going to fit in the lab coat? <laughs> flop, 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 flop. So Kevin's going to get very frustrated with Moose ignoring him. Mm-hmm. And eventually he's going to like, I don't know, Go see Archie or something, or go with Betty to see Archie. And then he'll see Joaquin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the boy. The fire will rekindle. The boy who who wants him but can't have him because they're separated by prison bars. Yes. And the boy who could have him but doesn't want to be out in the open. Yeah. That, oh, oh, what a choice. And I think they will have a great big. Reconnecting smooch. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think Kevin and Moose's dad had a youthful dalliance. Oh. Oh. And that will be in service to set up the next musical episode, Heather's the Musical. Yeah. Because that is something that they added to the I Love My Dead Gay Son scene in the movie. They made that this this big gospel song number. And there's a line where... Paul, I can't believe that you still refuse to get... In the summer of 83. That was one hell of a fishing trip. I am not familiar with any version of Heather's. It's coming to Music Box soon. Oh. So, let's move on to what we know about our next episode. It is called As Above, So Below. That's a a relatively recent horror film. Yes. About... Catacombs. Catacombs, cults living in the catacombs... Uh, the, the Philosopher's Stone and Resurrection of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, alchemy. Alchemical cults in the Parisian catacombs. Basically what we're dealing with in that film. So, dear, what happened in the trailer? What did you catch? Bunker! A lot of bunker stuff, including Jughead being invited to play a game with Princess Etheline. He's gonna die. In her crown. In the bunker. He's gonna die. <laughs> it's... It's much more well lit in that scene than it was in, in this episode. There's a lot of red lighting, though, yeah. also. And I'm like, what are we on a submarine? It's technically brighter. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to play their first game of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we get to learn what the pit is. Archie has been recruited into a fight club. And you know what? Mad Dog might actually be dead because of this fight club. He might have been punched to death. And uh, they're, they're just using the quote-unquote riot to cover for that. I think he was punched to death. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not something we brought up in predictions because... It would give it away. Yeah, it got pretty well confirmed, but it was pretty heavily uh, foreshadowed in their last scene, at least. And we, the, yeah, this, it was brought up by that us. That Archie is being forced, is going to be forced to do punching. Yes. Underground prison punching. And then punching guards, like, proved, ah, uh, yes, you can punch. Mm-hmm. 
he did take down a lot of them with his bare hands. What if that's why they put him with Mad Dog to begin with, was to, like, get him working out with Mad Dog yeah. and, like, training him for the pit? It's just full of apprenticeships, these, these things. Yep. Uh, we see Josie singing in a club. It'll be good to, to see... Uh, a Josie number I wonder again. if Veronica finally opens her basement club of oh, pops. Oh, I bet that's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the underground speakeasy. Yeah. A lot of subterranean action this season. They are so safe if tornadoes happen. <laughs> yeah, what's the tornado rate in upstate New York? I do not know. Riverdale, Nebraska. Everything's underground. Just, just to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe. Uh, Thanks for spending some time with us. We'll be back next week. We do have plans for a Halloween special. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure we are not getting an episode on Halloween. Hopefully not, because we have plans. We have plans. But you will be getting an episode from us on Halloween. We're going to do it in advance, because we don't have to wait for a thing to air. Yeah. And we'll tell you more about it next week, but uh, just to wet your whistles. Mm-hmm. A great thing you could do in the meantime is leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much. Uh, it helps other people find us. It lets us know we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. We've really enjoyed the uh, outpouring of support for our return to regular recaps. Uh, it, it really helps and, and it, it warms my heart. So while you're at it, if you could spread that outward, uh, mm-hmm. just telling a friend, word of mouth is the best thing for us. And again, right here on the ground floor of a new season, yeah. it helps so, so much. Especially when so many people are getting re-bit by that Riverdale bug. Might be a gargoyle king. Be careful. It, yeah, it, those bugs can be pretty gnarly. You can follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Yeah. Where we're always tooting our own horns about when our predictions come true. <laughs> I had a great week, you guys. Yeah. A great week. So I guess with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Why are you not in school? Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl, and you got me rocking you. Break it down, sugar. Oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl, and you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me, and you got me, and you got me. Break it down, won't you please?